the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. It's time for Rescuers, the show about people who change and save lives. Now, here's your host, Art Brooks. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Rescuers Radio Show. It airs every Thursday at 5.30 at Faith Talk 1360 and faithtalk1360.com every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. And you can also find us uh, on the web after it airs uh, on uh, Faith Talk 1360 it becomes a podcast, wherever your favorite podcast uh, element is, you'll find it. Rescuersradioshow.org as well. And my guest today, oh my gosh, unbelievably uh, landed the big, the big one here today. <laughs> I know he's laughing right now. My guest is Reverend Dr. Byron Spradlin, founder and president of Artists in Christian Testimony International. Byron, how are you, my man? I am great, and especially talking with you, I'm even feeling better. <laughs> <laughs> well, and I think you found a new friend with our producer, too, Jeremy. Well, I feel like uh, we've known each other yeah. for a while. We're still trying to figure out uh, how that connection has happened, but it's wonderful to be with both of you. Hey, Byron, I, I always like opening the show, uh, having our guests, because the show is all about you. It's all about the guest. And uh, I'd like to begin by talking about your backstory. How did you uh, end up at this point in your life to do such marvelous things that you're involved in and have done? Well, that's a very dangerous uh, question. Uh, <laughs> there's a long backstory. But in light of Rescuers, your program here, Art, um, I have uh, since the late 60s, when I really uh, came into a personal relationship with God through Jesus, seen that uh, the church in general has been somewhat skeptical uh, about the role of artists and other creatives. And early on, um, uh, God really put on my heart uh, the need to encourage, mentor, envision, disciple people out of a music and arts background because of their biblical uh, role in God's kingdom purposes, actually for thousands of years. Yeah. And uh, so um, uh, just early on, I'd been in music since I was eight years old, the piano and started improvising when I was nine years old, uh, picked up the French horn in junior high, but ended up studying with the first horn in the San Francisco and uh, later Oakland symphonies and uh, uh uh, pl uh, uh, played in a couple of uh, uh, orchestras during uh, those early days of uh, late uh, high school and college, and um, 
picked up along the way banjo and guitar in the mid 60s. And so music was a real part of my life. So when I really surrendered control of my life uh, to, to God in those late 60s at the University of California at Davis, I started writing music that um, was apparently culturally relevant about how Jesus had really turned my life around and given me purpose, re- released me from uh, sort of the hell of my own self-rule and um, uh, bad behavior and all kinds of things. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I started going down to the free speech platform at UC Berkeley and, and singing at a great bass player. And I was with a, a, another program that sent out summer teams and other teams called the Continental Singers and became a director with them. Actually ended up getting a, a record deal on light label with Ralph Carmichael, who just passed away in mm. the last uh, 10 days or so, uh, who will truly be missed and um, distributed by word uh, records and, and really became a, uh, an activist um, on behalf of Jesus on the campuses of the university of California and then all over the West coast. And then, beyond that. So it's in those early days that I realized the church was really missing some of its most powerful assets. And that was uh, uh, the need to not be wary of these artistic uh, folks who I have come to call artistic kingdom servants and imaginative human expression specialists. And uh, so I've been working at that uh, for all of these years now. Well, let's jump in uh, to the pond here and, and talk about Artists in Christian, Christian Testimony International, uh, also known as ACT International. Tell us about that, how it came about, and, uh, and, and why, and, and what is it? Sure. Well, I mean, it really is the um, um, a mission, a nonprofit sending organization for artistic kingdom servants. And we now even have a new division called Innovative Ministries International for uh, Christian ministry innovators and entrepreneurs who are, are not using artistic uh, uh, strategies and methods, but are still uh, doing um, uh, important and creative things that wouldn't necessarily be embraced by every standard uh, Christian ministry or missions uh, sending agency. Uh, and it came out of that uh, need, uh, actually, um, to give uh, artistic ministry specialists um, ministerial accountability and um, a, a church or ecclesial um, connection and um, uh, an opportunity to be affirmed, to raise support for their ministries and have the proper kinds of accountability uh, that gives them integrity and um, health. And so we started way back in the early days, particularly for me in 1973 through into the 80s. And then I uh, started doing uh, overseas things, teaching on the role of worship in um, uh, uh, Christian communication and in church uh, development and church health and church growth and church planting. And in the 80s, I was a church planter as well as a lead pastor and 
worship pastor and things like that. And um, finally, in the early 1990s, we saw the real need to become a sending agency. So we really opened up our um, Christian ministry a corporation up to bringing other people on and becoming their sending uh, agency and the ecclesial or church accountability for these folks so that they weren't just out on their own. And uh, now that has grown to the place where we now have um, almost 700 people on our roster, about 160 are full-time, makes up 454 ministry units of one kind or another wow. and we're in 50 countries so we are um i mean that's in some ways it's been a long time coming but um other ways it's it's just been growing over the last 10 years now you certainly live in the in the um you know right amongst uh one of the most musically cities you could ever be in in, in our country anyway you're, you're real <laughs> close to nashville right yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, our, we're one <laughs> suburb down our office, in uh, Tennessee. So we're in the Nashville metro area for yeah. sure. Yeah. So, uh, and and artists and Christian testimony, it's it's easy, I guess, to talk about the musician part of that. But you have a lot more than that. You have when you say artists, that's inclusive of many other. Um, we have every major artistic discipline, or we have representatives from that with music, dance, uh, theater, uh, visual arts, literary arts, writers, um, poets, um, uh, orators, speakers. Um, uh, all, we are dealing in every area of what we consider these days uh, the artistic uh, genre. And then other creatives as well. That's why we opened this new division, um, Innovative Ministries International. We just had people from the creative class coming to us that actually more standard mission agencies probably wouldn't really even give uh, the time of day to. But we understand that, that the church is declining in the northern hemisphere around the globe. Yeah. And what we need is more creative ministry entrepreneurs. And there are just not enough places that take these people seriously. And we have. Uh, so we have people from actually every film, um, theater, visual arts, dance, uh, and, you know, the combination uh, of those folks, um, uh, you know, radio like yourself uh, and such. Uh, we're, uh, nice. we're quite excited yeah. uh, as part of the church affirming all of these creative uh, efforts. And frankly, sometimes we end up taking people and their ministry strategies and efforts and assignments more seriously than they themselves do, because we understand their ministeriality. That is the fact they are really doing ministry. Not everybody, like most people on our staff are not uh, licensed or ordained uh, credentialed clergy, um, um, you use but some, they are doing ministry efforts. You use interesting uh, terminology, too. I, I, I came across something uh, from you. Uh, you know, you're also established a recording artist, published songwriter, and you started at a young age. What What do you mean when uh, by arts, missological? <laughs> missiologist uh, yeah so yeah what is what the heck is that well you know 
again, we have uh, the church as well as the mainstream communities, plural, uh, really have a pretty stunted view of uh, 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 of of the arts. Frankly, I know that's a rather uh, a blunt statement, but a modernist view of the art, which is basically uh, objects and activities of um, um, abstract contemplation or, you know, sort of art for art's sake, mm-hmm. but it absolutely, you, you never see that in, in a human community uh, throughout history. There's an aesthetic dimension of life and a, a human community can't live without imaginative intelligence and imaginative expression uh, which reveals truth and beauty and virtue um, and human beings uh, have been doing that since we you know uh, uh, were created quite frankly I often say human beings have never been satisfied to make a pot they've always made a pot but they've also made it beautiful and so it has both utility and aesthetic uh, uh, dimension to it always yeah. uh, and uh, when you see how human uh, community um, um, expresses itself, it's not just sort of a a, a clump of propositional statements. Yeah. <laughs> Humanity <laughs> and human community is filled with beauty. I mean, we like to eat. Eat <laughs> is eating. Culinary <laughs> arts are part of life. And yet, actually, Christians don't often see that for that reality. And even though Jesus had, you know, I haven't done a specific study about it, but over and over, he has ministry around the table, including the <laughs> Eucharist. What an idea. Uh, and and uh, uh, there's always a sense of uh, human uh, celebration and uh, delight and such. Um, and those are artistic expressions, but they're in the fabric of human community. So that said, um, when you look and see how, uh, the Christian message that God exists, he's revealed himself through this God-man, Jesus, the Messiah. And he, uh, uh, when he was raised from the dead and ascended on high, he leaves his spirit here. Uh, how does he move in a human community that doesn't look like, you know, white Anglo-Saxon Protestantism? In fact, <laughs> Christianity is <laughs> not a, a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant invention. From it's the, from the beginning, an Asian, yeah. uh, Middle Eastern thing. <laughs> so I told you I could go off. Yeah. I'm just saying that uh, that we cannot look at either Christian community formation in the various cultures of the world without looking at how human community expresses itself, and those ways are artistic, always uh, music visual decor, clothing, how we eat, how we celebrate uh, rites of passage, whether it's birth or death or the other significant dynamics of, of human community. Those are all dynamics of artistic human expression, or sometimes I like it, imaginative human expression. And you see how yeah. I've widened the definition of imaginative human expression. Missiologist. Yeah, well, see, so the mission of God is yeah. to reveal himself to the nations of the world. The you, know, F- you, know, you know what I like what you've said, uh, that, um, you know, large talent agencies or, or there's nothing like ACT. <laughs> N- nothing. 
and, and and I can I can see the way that you you see things so differently. You look at the imaginative part of someone and a road they're heading down that's artistic in in whatever uh, discipline, and and you go after that. You don't go after the stuff that's so obvious, right? Yeah. Well, but you know, look, uh, you know, I had a record deal for a while and like everybody else, except maybe Michael W. Smith and Amy Grant, we've all been dropped from our record labels. Hey, speaking of them, have you seen the Jesus music film? I have. I love it. I think it is tremendous. We just saw and, it. I, mean, I, lo- I love I mean, it. I was involved. I know some of the guys uh, and gals in that um uh, a film, but it's interesting to see because I was around. You know, I mean, I I think Light Label was the second major Christian record label. There are some others around, but Word seemed to be the first, and then Light came. Light was uh, put together in 1970. I think I was the first solo artist on that uh, wow. label. They were helping Continental singers. Carmichael was. I sang on his 1968 Soul album, which was uh, uh, sort of a a gospel version of some of these old hymns. It was so tremendous. <laughs> um, uh, but, um, uh, uh, you know, Maranatha music and such didn't come out until about 74. And then later, uh, and other people know this better than I do, um, uh, and was doing the, I was doing the West Coast festivals and uh, back in those days. But the difference between me and some of those folks is I always saw myself as a missionary, as an evangelist, mm-hmm. As a, as a Bible teacher uh, who was um, involved with um, recognizing the power of the environment of music and other artistic expressions. Powerful. Nicely said. Hey, I, I'm, I'm going to I have a message here for anyone who's listening right now to this Rescuers uh, radio show. And you came in a little late. My guest today is Reverend Dr. Byron Spr- uh, Spr- <laughs> I'm left-handed. You get it. I'm left-handed. And I can speak with them through my right brain today. Uh, You're great. Spradlin, founder and president of Artists and Christian Testimony International. And uh, we're having fun here. Um, you're in. Well, look, Art, you know, I mean, part of the whole deal of rescuers yeah. is how do we highlight people who are who are providing uh, great needs to the community, uh, mostly doing it not as a business necessarily, mm-hmm. but as a calling, as an assignment. Uh, and that's what Artists in Christian Testimony International is. It's trying to meet the need to preserve and to, to uh, mobilize and catalyze the creative entrepreneurs of the Christian church. We're interdenominational, um, but very serious about the missional dimension yep. of of. Uh, what the Bible says the church's job is to do. We're to bring the reality of God, yeah. not the wackiness yeah. uh, of Christians, right. but the reality of God and his health-giving, a human flourishing move to bring people back into right relationship with him, which will automate us into people who are better lovers, better neighbors, yeah. better citizens, more sacrificial. Now I know that there are jerks out there in every persuasion, whether they are uh, uh, in the Christian community or some other community. But what we're seeing actually throughout history is that that Christianity has always been a forerunner in the things of 
of good that the community needs, whether it was Christians starting hospitals, uh, uh, you know, in the Middle Ages and and sacrificing themselves to meet the, the needs of people who were suffering from plagues and such. We have always been on the forefront. Mm-hmm. It was the Christians who were the forefront in developing uh, children's orphanages and actually lobbying for children's labor laws uh, to stop uh, bad stuff going on in the community here and there and and everywhere. Well, and, the, the Rescuers Radio Show was was a calling for me. There you and, go. And and it came at a time um, when when God came to me with this this concept. Uh, first of all, I never thought I'd be hosting a radio show again in my life, but I did it for twenty some years before. There's <laughs> uh, a long story there, but anyway. Um, uh, it came at a time when the there was darkness around the world, the pandemic, and rescuers positioning uh, that was the calling was to to look and find the people that are bright shining stars in the in the midst of all of this darkness, in the midst of all the the strife and the the spikes and and all of that, uh, and the ones that are holding it together, that are helping people do that are doing so many great things. That that's the whole purpose of this radio show. Well, and it is a direct reflection of the fact that you were a Jesus follower and wanted to do something that wasn't necessarily religious per se, but was reflecting the reality of God at work in the community. And that's a that's a very biblical posture. In fact, now I've been a church planter and a lead pastor in a church. One of the things I understand we pastors are supposed to be doing is equipping are the normal person, the normal Christian, the normal Jesus follower to hear from God and carry out the purposes of caring for their community that God has given each one of them. The church is not, you know, sort of a little fortress. It's supposed to be a a hospital and be a rehab center and then see a mobilization center for people going out into the community, doing good, doing beautiful, doing virtuous things. Changing and saving lives. That's right. That's right. And, And that cuts across. Matter of fact, some of us call that marketplace ministry by marketplace ministers. You know, it's interesting, and maybe some of your listeners are listening right now. I'd ask them and you this question. So I know you. May, most people are not ordained clergy, uh, and I am, and I'm happy about that, and in fact, thrilled about it. But that only acknowledges a, a, a reality of a servant position to the community, mm-hmm. uh, and that is to help every other person be a believer priest. That's what the actually yeah. New Testament of the Christian uh, scriptures talks about, yes. that each one of us is a representative of God who has surrendered their life to the work of the Lord Jesus, uh, which gets us in touch with God the Father and allows us to be empowered by God the Holy Spirit. That's that's good Trinitarian <laughs> Bible right there. Uh, and move out to be a, a, an activist for good in our community, which certainly reflects the reality that there's God. So I would ask them, so who who is your virtual congregation? Who are the people God is assigning you to care for? Um, you know, look, I was just my, reading it up. 
this morning uh, about a good neighbor. One of our staff in New York City is is trying to bring goodness to their neighborhood in Brooklyn by opening up their home frequently to establish relationships for every person mm-hmm. of every religious faith and background. Uh, and but as a Jesus follower, being a representative of him in this community, and they're doing it. And he was writing about one of his neighbors who, uh, you know, after a while started mowing the lawns of other people in the neighborhood who couldn't do it rather than sitting around, you know, thinking about how, what kind of jerks they were in the lawns get too long. So he started doing that. And he has made a deep impact on that whole little community. Now you ask me, is that important? Well, you were so serious about music in the church that you even co-founded a master of church music degree program at a couple of seminaries. Yeah. You know, that's just, you know, that's another, uh, you know, it was <laughs> mid seventies. Um, I was at seminary, Western uh, a seminary up in Portland, Oregon. They didn't have a music program. I had music coming out of my earlobes uh, 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 and such. And we, uh, we first of all launched what we called a music outreach program with just the seminary students and their spouses and, and, and such. And then that worked into the president wanting an entire, uh, you know, academic music program. So we launched the Master of Church Music program. Byron, along- I just got a message from the, the master producer for this radio show. We're down to our last minute. Ha! <laughs> Time flies. So um, I, I even wanted to talk to you. I'm not going to have time time to talk to you, but I wanted to hear about this Lausanne uh, movement. But uh, before we get off the air, how can people find you and artists in Christian testimony? Easy. Act International, A-C-T-I-N-T-E-R-N-A-T-I-O-N-A-L dot org. That's our website, Act International. Email me, Byron, at actinternational.org. Brian, um, Brian, Brian, Brian uh, Spradlin, it's been a great, great time. We could go on another two hours, I think, but not going to happen right now. God bless. You God are bless a you. Yeah, thanks for your great program. Thank you. Rescuers, Thursdays at 5.30 Arizona time on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ AM. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.